0: Hi there and welcome to Fantasy Focus Baseball. It's a beautiful Tuesday morning, January 19th, 2021. A big week in baseball and in the United States of America. He is Tristan Happy Cockroft. I think that's what the H stands for. I'm not quite certain. Whenever he tells me, I forget. But I think it's Happy Happy New Year, right? It's still happy. It's still a new year.
1: So, Oh, is it too late for that? Have you broken the rule right off the top? <laughs> we, I don't know. nineteen. did that on the last
2: show. God. Yeah. It's too late. It's way too late. I only say it's, it's too,
1: too late because we did it on the last show, but it's a good good valiant effort.
0: <laughs> I'm old. I forgot the last show. That was Kyle Sapi. Our researcher and producer does a great job. Uh, we borrow him from time to time from football. And I'm merely Eric Carabell. Somebody asked to host this show, and I drew the short straw, though I have long hair. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> it's been 11 months. Eric 11,
1: months,
0: 11 <laughs> months since I got a haircut. I and, and i I have no intention of tweeting out a photo of this. And if Kyle, you do this, I will not be pleased with you.
1: Um, Oh boy. Oh, that's a challenge. So
0: Don't you dare send a photo. All right. I, we have lots to do on today's show. So I figure the first, like 40 minutes will be about Tyler Chatwood signing with Toronto. And then the final five minutes could be about, you know, you know, the non-important stuff, you know, like the trades, Corey Kluber, you know, that stuff doesn't matter. But Tyler Chatwood matters. So, Kyle, you got 30 seconds here to give us your Tyler Chatwood case on why he is going to be
2: the comeback player of the year in fantasy baseball. Well we obviously saw in the pieces last year, you know the beginning of the season, maybe it was just the tip of the iceberg. tweeted out a stat under uh, you tagging me in a in a post about Chatwood being back that pitchers have done okay after the age of 31. it's happened. he could be it better. And he's typically struggled against bird-oriented teams. Now that he's on a bird team, that's one less bird team he can face. I think all signs are pointing in the favor of Tyler Chatwood. Back to you, Eric.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Bird-oriented team. If you want to give me strikeout rate, I can make a case. But bird-oriented team? Are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, they've, they've been tough for him. But now the only bird he's going to get on a consistent basis is the Orioles. I think that's okay. That's a good bird to face. Uh, all right. Well, I was kind of taking this seriously before, <laughs> but now i <laughs>
0: off with you, Tristan. Um, I mean, like, look, are we drafting Tyler Chatwood or Clayton Kershaw? I would take Kershaw. Um, oh, if it's cool.
1: Chatt- let's, yeah, let's dig, a dig deep one. into that.
0: <laughs> Chatwood versus Scherzer, Aaron Nola. Is it a name game. We need Chatwood, and some of the, the other me. names we
1: will discuss today could be, uh, could be a challenge, though.
0: Mm. Well, all right, since this shouldn't be the lead of the show today, but Tristan, I'll give you your chance to respond to the bird-oriented mis- mistake he just made there. Is there anything to watch here, anything at all to watch on Tyler Chatwood in a not not just a normal ESPN league, but you're in an AL-only league? Are you? What are you spending on Chatwood?
1: dollar maybe all
0: right so that that's
1: it that's i look i i I don't think he needs to be just discarded outright but i mean in an al only but i i just that's that's matchups homework that's all it is
0: all right so we move on because there's other important stuff that actually happened I, i actually like him a little bit more than you i think there's a possibility of some kind of a strikeout bounce back here but unless he's got command of his pitches and his whip mm-hmm. is 1.45. I, I can't get along with it. Like, if you said to me, are you drafting Tyler Chatwood, John Lester, or Alex Wood, I can make the case for Chatwood. Lester's now in Washington. Maybe they didn't even look at his, his velocity or his numbers from last season. And Alex Wood's only making, you know, 15 starts before he's injured. But um, I
1: those three, by the way?
0: Depends on the league. Um, if you're you were talking a mixed league and ESPN, none of them get drafted. If you're talking about a deeper format, Alex Wood is probably safe for numbers. He's just only going to throw like 100 innings. So I would take Wood, but I don't want any part of John Lester. And Washington has given us all this bunk about leadership and clubhouse and good for you. Okay, and he's healthy enough to pitch you 175 innings. All right, good. You need innings. But those were bad, bad innings last year. Bad. Like, I don't think they realize how bad. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't. Matter. I
1: think you're. I think you're navigating matchups appeal or shorts, you know, small sample appeal for all three of them. Probably, probably for me, it's Wood, Lester, and Chatwood. But I see a case where Chatwood varies across those three. By the way, Lester, the stat I dug up from this morning: past two seasons against uh, teams that were under 500, 279 ERA against 500 or better, 776 ERA. Oh yeah, I and mean, he Matt, by the way had an impeccable, impeccable aging pattern. I mean, he like to the T. He's been following the downward curve on the aging scale. All
0: right. I mean, are they going to give it? Obviously, he's going to make his 30 starts, and Austin Voth won't. But Voth did nothing in the in the shortened season, so to make us think that there was something there. Moving on to important stuff. San Diego Padres aren't done. Uh, Joe Musgrove is now a member of the Padres in a three way deal in which Joey Lucchese, hey, Lucchese, is now a met. And we'll get to that in a second as well. But I got to be honest, when I heard that Joe Musgrove went to the Padres, my first thought was about the Nelson Lamette. And I think you know what I'm talking about here. That elbow needed a PRP injection back in October. And the next step would be Tommy John surgery. Maybe the Padres are telling us by by trading you know, key prospects, like some top 10, 15 prospects here to get Musgrove, they, are, they must be concerned about Lamette. Are you concerned about the Nelson Lamette?
1: Well, I'm going to completely dismiss everything you just said there and just say wow. that I think that the Padres are zagging when the league is zigging uh, in terms of the contractual and financial aspects of the game. Okay. Now let's embrace what you said, because it should actually be embraceable, but it's possible. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a very valid point about Lamed. And as a matter of fact, when doing the deep research on him, it was the A number one thing I was concerned about him because he's a high velocity fastball and a heavy slider reliant pitcher, not a good combination for injuries and the repeated nature of them. So you're right, there's... There's probably a range at which Lamed is a Cy Young votes, potentially first place Cy Young votes, top end guy if he stays healthy with good luck. There's also another where, as you said, he could have a season-ending season surgery. So we should be very careful. That's one we're going to have to monitor how the health is, what he's looking like, what the reports are when spring training camps open. You're right. They could have been done that for a depth thing. I, I, want, I only threw the dismissal here because I think it's dangerous for us to open that door that drops deep into the pit.
0: Tell me about – I uh, Lamette's still in my top 20 until I hear otherwise that I need to get him out. Joe Musgrove, does he belong in our top 30 starting pitchers now? And He was in a pitcher's park. Now he's going to get run support. I'm sure you're going to talk about that. But what kind of a pitcher is Joe Musgrove? Because I don't look at run support all that much. Obviously, it matters in this case going from Pittsburgh to San Diego. But um, the skills portray top 30 starting pitcher now.
1: Mm-hmm. So, to the run support thing, I, I tweeted out that he had av- he had gotten an average in his career of four point oh eight runs per game of support in his career, and that was the sixth worst during that time period during that five-year time period that's pretty darn awful doesn't get much bullpen support they don't hold leads for him he was in one of the very worst situations in terms of team support in pittsburgh and simply by going to a more competitive team i think that's a plus it's not a hitter's ballpark it is more hitter friendly than pittsburgh but the real changes for right-handed hitters uh, I actually would say that for a right-handed pitcher who has lefties pull the ball against him constantly, it's not a bad landing spot. Petco Park is actually a very good one if you're talking about spacious the spacious part of right and right center field. The other thing that gets me about Mon- uh, Musgrove, a lot more curveball reliant last year. And it performed quite well. And if you saw what he did after he came back from injuries in September, he was whiffing more than one out of every three hitters he faced. He had an ERA somewhere near two during that five-start span. You could say small sample, but he looked like a different pitcher. I ranked him, I think it was 64th before this trade. I'm going to get him into my top 50. It'll probably be at the back end just based on him having not proven better so far. But I do think there's a lot of upside if you're getting him as a late-round pick.
0: Top 50. I was thinking top 30. Um, but yeah, okay,
1: top thirty. I, I think you're, you're I trying to scrape the ceiling.
0: I can't, I, I think that's probably is, is ceiling. You're right. Um, and if I compare him to other starting pitchers who we have ranked in the top 30, I, I, would I take him over Patrick Corbin? Would I take him over Kyle Hendricks, Zach Playsack? Um, no, Charlie Morton, Lance McCullers. No. So maybe top 40, I think around the top 40, though, when you're talking about guys like Ian Anderson, Frankie Montas, Herman Marquez, you have Marco Gonzalez, 45. Yeah, I think I'd take him over that. So I think Yeah, you love I...
1: Marco Gonzalez. I know you're taking Gonzalez over Musgrove.
0: Well, the strikeouts are a big difference. And the wins now should be a big difference, too. So um, I think Marco Gonzalez is fine as a number five or six starter, but I think Musgrove can be better than that. So I, I'm going to look at Musgrove the way I do Sandy Alcantara. It's time for them to make a step up. It's time for them to get a lot better. And now moving, changing teams, I think he will do that. So I do like Joe Musgrove there. San Diego, man. I mean, if you look at what they've done this offseason, it's crazy. And maybe I shouldn't be negative and think about the Nelson Lemets injury. But I, I just. It's fair.
1: It's fair to do so. I'm just saying it could just be a team strategy. Maybe it's
0: nothing. Because right now, their rotation is Darvish, Snell, Lamette, Musgrove, Paddock. That's fantastic. That's the best rotation in baseball. Dodgers can't match that depth. Yankees obviously can't. We'll get to the Yankees edition soon. I mean, that's an amazing rotation right there. And even without Kirby Yates or Trevor Rosenthal, that bullpen with Pomerantz and Pagan at the back end and some interesting arms in the middle. Strom, Austin Adams is a guy to watch if you're in a holds league. That's a guy who throws hard. Anyway, Um, San Diego sent away Joey Lucchese, who I think is really just so average. No command. No stuff, um, like just like just a guy a lefty who throws. I mean, he has a slider that gets Phillies hitters out, but other than that, like maybe they got him so he could pitch to Bryce Harper. But
1: it's shades, it's shades of Dontrelle Willis. He's leaning a little bit on deception. He gets lefties out. I mean, th- this might be Randy Choate for the Mets, but it also could be a decent fifth starter if it, if they navigate the the opponents well.
0: I mean, it's him or Stephen Matz as the fifth starter there. Mets have other problems going on today, which were is not an hard ballpark here. Um, okay, and that was it for the trade. None of the prospects in that trade are guys we need to know for this year. Maybe at some point we'll have a prospects guy to talk about changes this offseason. Um, let's get to your Yankees now. DJ LeMay, who has returned, it's a long term deal, six years. I don't care about the money, they have plenty of it. Um, but this does mean Glaber Torres stays a shortstop in theory. Uh, so are you concerned as a Yankee fan, before we get to fantasy, about Glaber Torres sticking the shortstop? And having a a rough 2020 short season, he was on my don't draft list because of all his numbers came against the Orioles. Now he's on the don't draft list because people still overrate him. He just had a bad 2020 season. As a Yankee fan and LeMayu coming back, are you concerned with Glaber Torres staying at shortstop?
1: A little bit, yeah, just because he doesn't look like a clear defensive top shelf shortstop or anything close to it. As a matter of fact, he might not even meet the league average, which is a problem. I wouldn't argue he's all that much better at second base. So having LeMayhu there defensively speaking and what it means for the pitchers, I don't think it's a huge problem. The issue with Torres is and he got called out on this, is just he he didn't seem to have the right conditioning, didn't have the same right approach to twenty twenty, and you could forgive for the delay to the season, the shortened year, whatever. He's got to come in more committed here. We need to see a, a new, different Glaber torres We need to start hearing some of the stuff we're hearing about Vlad Guerrero for Glaber torres that, That's really the issue.
0: Look, he's a 250 career hitter if you remove the Orioles with modest power. I like know you love to lean on
1: that. I know you love the lean on that.
0: Are you worried about the bird production? Is that what <laughs> I'm hearing here? Stop with the birds. Are you kidding? This arguments for the birds. Tristan – how does that argument not have some kind of grip? Like, I don't understand how you can just ignore his overall career numbers if you remove the Orioles makes him not even playable.
1: Yeah, it's, it's not, but you're, you're, you're summarizing it as Orioles. And I think the greater picture is he feasts upon weaker pitching. I think it's larger than an Orioles problem. And I do think it requires some adjustments on his part to improve against the more competitive arms. I think you're, you're dead on with that. I just don't want to take the Orioles-specific splits, remove them, and then take every other team. That's not the way baseball works. He's still going to face a good amount of bad pitching.
0: What does DJ LeMay have to do to get into your top 50 or top 30? To me, he seems like he's underrated still. That's a, a safe batting average. It's it's not awesome power, but it's good enough, certainly for him. And, and he gives you versatility at three different positions. So what... What does Lemayo have to do to get into your top 40? I mean, right now, he's 60.
1: No, he's 36. Um, probably would what take...
0: He's 36 <laughs> in my ranks.
1: He's 36, okay. and he's my number... What number of second baseman is he? He's actually he's my number one. Oh, thirty six in
0: yours, and, and now I'm looking at the points leagues. Why is he so far down in points leagues? AJ's all right. I, I'll
1: yeah, the you. only thing I could guess there is that you need the the total bases, you need the run production, probably need more RBI. That's the only thing I would guess. I like him in points leagues because of the contact nature, right,
0: the extra base hit ability. Why do we Not- do that? So. I'm searching for Lemayu, and it goes down to the to the next one, which is not your rankings; it's someone else's rankings. It's like
1: so the way the way the Chrome thing works is that each of our rankings is tagged to the next one, and if you're in the previous rankings using the the, the fine search in Chrome, it's going to jump you down to the next name, which might be in the next list. I it, I know it's a little it yeah
0: it doesn't it matter. Right. do So Lemayu is the second baseman and presumably the leadoff hitter. And how do you feel about your lineup now? Obviously, this you know the Yankee lineup. If Luke Voigt – is legit and we're ranking him as is as if he is legit. Well may you judge Hicks, Stanton Voigt, Glaber6, Clint Frazier, I presume is now your left fielder, and then Ursula and your awful catcher, Sanchez. Um do you, well he you can't hit 180 and be on my fantasy team or 147. <laughs>
1: I can't defend Gary Sanchez. That's another guy who needs to kind of improve his game and I'm not sure that he's capable of it. <laughs> Oh, I mean, boy. who
0: knows how many games and Stanton play again? They're not going to be on my do not, they're, they're going to probably be in my do not draft list again. I mean, you can't, you can't take players like that early in your draft and, and get be happy with half a season. You can't I, do it.
1: I don't, I think you, you'd probably agree with me. I can't, I can't dislike this lineup. I mean, and I, oh, a I fantastic lineup. I'm a huge fan of the fact that Joe Girardi likes to put his. Oh, no! I'm sorry, not (laughs) George. Aaron Boone, you've got Girardi. I'm a, a big fan of the fact that Boone likes to put his best hitter in the number two spot. The problem is, does that number two hitter, if it's Judge or Sanchez, occasionally or Aaron Hicks or the like, do they stay healthy enough to stay there each and every day? That's really the big problem. Is that the Yankees have had major injuries, and I don't think that that's necessarily going away. But for me, I don't think, I don't think this is going to have adverse impact. If he's locked in at number one, he's going to be, he's Look, still to be very good.
0: I don't need a 30 minute interview with the awesome Stefania Bell to know that when you get older, you don't get healthier. Aaron Judge is 28 now. Stanton's 31. They're not going to just all all of a sudden find durability. Um, the interesting, well, first of all, not nary a left-handed hitter in that lineup. That's something interesting. Yep. Um, assuming Clint Frazier is your left fielder and not Mike Talkman or Brett Gardner coming back. Um. Yeah, good lineup. Aaron Hicks batting third is very interesting, and nobody talks about Aaron Hicks ever. He didn't play very well last season, and he, he's not durable either. But if, he,
1: if we knew he could stay healthy, I do think there's great bounce back potential, but the great stat on Hicks is has never played 140 games as a pro.
0: Speaking of durability issues, your new number two starter is Corey Kluber, one-year deal, and there are no bad one-year deals. So Except
1: but- for relief pitchers! <laughs>
0: <laughs> we'll see about I'm that. I'm not going to say that Archie Bradley is a bad deal.
1: Oh,
0: <laughs> I know. But we're going we're gonna to do a closer carousel in a few minutes, maybe 10 minutes here. Corey Kluber, tell me what you think here. And is this try to be unbiased because I mean, he is a Yankee now. But if Corey Kluber had signed with the Rays, would we be looking at him the same way as we are looking him at him as a Yankee?
1: No, definitely not. Just because the that's a huge ballpark swing.
0: So just about ballpark for you, not about the fact that he threw one inning last season.
1: You no, know, I mean that's that's really the hook here is the injuries, and I mean there were three different kinds that we were talking about. He had the uh, the fracture of his right arm, you know, when he hit got hit with a line drive in twenty nineteen. It's a know. fluke. That's a fluke. It's a fluke. He had an oblique issue after that late in the year, and then of course this one, the grade two strain in the shoulder. So that's
2: not a fluke,
1: right? And no surgeries. No surgeries here for, for Corey Kluber. Now, does surgery fix that? We you and I talk about we're scared of the shoulder injuries. I, I look at this one and I guess mild spoiler alert on this one, but like the Klubot, it's as if he's got the chewing gum stuck in his little gears here, except there's no Wanda to take it out. So I don't know how this year is gonna play. I mean, he he could I I, I would draft him fantasy-wise as if the high end is twenty-five starts. At 80 to at best 90% of his performance before. He was already trending downwards, partially due to the injuries, but partially due to age before this point anyway. So I can't just dive right back in. I think you're probably drafting at the level of an 18 to 21 start guy.
0: Right. That was my thinking here. Even when he was really good in 2018, the last month was not. And was it 2018 or was it? Yeah, it was 2018. And the velocity was dropping. Now, he won 20 games with a 289 ERA in 2018. Everybody loved him. But we were talking about him as an avoid for 2019 because of the drop in velocity. I assume he's not getting that velocity back.
1: But he, he showed decent velocity. I, I looked at this one. I've done a huge amount of diving on Kluber over the past couple of days. He's not a big velocity guy. It did go down, and there were encouraging reports on that, but he's not really fastball-reliant. He's a sinker guy who leans on the breaking pitches. If the breaking pitches are good, that's going to be the key for Kluber. I don't think it's about the velocity.
0: All right, that's fair, because he was throwing only 92 in his final years with Cleveland anyway. All right, that's enough Yankee talk. Man, every day with Yankee talk. Um...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if we're in the news, what can we say? We just got to lean into it.
0: Back to Washington for a second, Kyle Schwarber. I don't think we did that on our last show. Um, he is the new left fielder for uh, the Nationals, and you know, I, I created for him in a sim league because I'm assuming he bounces back. 188 seemed awfully low for him. The walk rate was fine, isolated power was fine, the vo- exit velocity was fine. That just looks like a short, like a small sample batting average problem. But everything else looked okay with Kyle Schwarber. Do you agree with that? That he bounces back to 30 homers and hits 250 or so?
1: I think he probably does. The only red flag for me was the huge spike in ground ball rate. That's got to be the thing that he turns around needs to elevate the launch angle. That's the if that's the only thing I'm going to quibble about here. Fresh start, full year. Hopefully, I I do think he's got rebound potential. I actually I anticipate Schaub is going to be a bargain for most fantasy managers.
0: I agree. I mean, I, look, I look at the BABIP to, to when it when it comes to batting average, and you know, I'll, I'll never draft Joey Gallo. But I don't think Kyle Schwarber is Joey Gallo when it comes to batting average. I think he just was in 59 games in 2020. But a 219 Babbitt for Schwarber seems awfully um, out of line with his career. Let's put it that way. So I, I think there's a 30 home run, 250 guy there. And 250 is fine for batting average these days. So you're right. I, I don't know if Schwarber made my top 100. I don't think he should. I don't he was think close he made- for
1: you, if I recall. The the Schwarber thing that, that bugged me last year was giving back some of the gains against lefties. But small sample. I mean, I, I, I think the improvements he made in 2019 can reappear in 2021.
0: So you had him 182 last time. I'm sure I had him better than that. I probably had him in like a 10th or 11th round, I would mm-hmm. think. Um, that's a guy who's going to probably bounce back. Um, all right. Uh, I guess now we get to a closer carousel. You want to sing the song?
1: It's the closer carousel.
0: Um, I know the answer to this, but to what degree is the is the deal? Do you like Liam Hendricks better or worse now that he's on the Chicago White Sox?
1: About the same. I mean, if I had to go one direction, it'll be worse, but we're talking what, five to eight overall ranking spots.
0: See, I don't think that ballpark matters all that much when it comes to relief pitchers or closers in particular okay first of all you're talking about 31 inning appearances as opposed to a starting pitcher okay so to me like liam hendricks obviously pitching in oakland it's a bigger ballpark the foul territory is gigantic but i still think he's a really good really good relief pitcher like i have liam hendricks as my number one relief pitcher and you have him too Mm -hmm. why
1: I just like haters' strikeouts, um, and it's as simple as that. I can easily make it the case that Liam Hendricks belongs, number one. The only reason the ballpark matters, and five to eight overall ranking spots is meaningless in the, the, the impact fantasy-wise, but Homer-friendly ballparks like Chicago's will exacerbate problems the pitchers have, and Hendricks' only issue is that he's really fly ball reliant. So if things go even slightly wrong, it it might be a little rougher a ballpark form. That's that's the only remote complaint I could have about him.
0: The uh, the MLB Network top ten relievers right now had hater number ten. Hendricks was one. Hard to do. <laughs> hard hard to do. That was the shredder. Um, what else? Uh, okay. oh, the
1: shredder. Yes. I, if only I could crack that formula.
0: <laughs> I, I don't know. I can tell you why it was.
1: I don't know what quite why myself.
0: I mean, to be fair on Josh Hader, okay, and the reason – I understand your reason for having him won. That strikeout rate is ridiculous. Nobody's ever done it before. But 379 ERA and 15 home runs two seasons ago. And and then last year with the walks. I mean, that was a high walk rate, although five of the ten walks came in one game. So, like, I look at Josh Hader's 2020 numbers, and I'm not scared because five of the walks came in one game. None of the walks came in the final four weeks of the season. and. But then again, the K rate wasn't what it was before either. Again, small sample being all that it was. Like, he dropped from 16 Ks per nine. I hate using K9. I want to use K percentage from now on. But it went down. Swinging strikeout also went way down to a career low. You could see a scenario where Josh Hader, I hate to say this and be pessimistic, but kind of really blows up in the wrong direction really soon. I can, at least.
1: You've been saying it for two years. i got to remind you of that. But you know what? I've, I've got this now on my notes for the afternoon. I'm going to take a much closer look at this. I think I might, have, I might be off on this and that Hendricks does belong ahead. What I said before about exacerbating the issues, if you're in a hitter-friendly ballpark, well, Hater's in one, and he did have the walks, and he does give up the long ball. And if those continue to be problems, you're right. There is a downside for Hayter. I just I, I feel like at this stage of the year, if I'm going to draft heavily on relief pitchers, I want the ones who have the high-end swing and miss tool. That's where I'm going when roles still haven't really crystallized. And and it might be just as simple as that.
0: I think that's fair. And again, I have hater my number two closer because frankly I can't. There's a lot of unsafety. Unsafety. A lack of safety with a lot of these relief pitchers. Let's move on to my favorite team. You seem to dislike Archie Bradley for one year and six million. Tell me why. <laughs> I
1: thought you were gonna dislike it, actually.
0: I no, would dislike I just, it if it was if it was two years for twelve, I would dislike it. One year. There's no bad one-year deals, unless the Phillies – and the Phillies had signed John Lester. John Lester is a bad one-year deal, okay? It's a two-million deal,
1: It's a two-million deal with three million deferred.
0: Lester is? Yeah. That's bad. But one year, you can can always deal with a one-year deal. Now, people are saying to me, who's the closer? Is it Archie Bradley? Is it Hector Neris? Is it Jose Alvarado, who they got from Tampa for just a prospect? What's your
1: perspective on the bullpen? How's that bullpen going to shake out?
0: I bet Archie Bradley probably starts the season as the closer. But, you know, Archie Bradley is not that good. (laughs) And I – look, when they traded for Brandon Workman last year, I thought, wow, that's a good move. I mean, he's not a big strikeout guy, but he was great in 2019. He was fine for Boston in 2020, and then he went to Philly, and he was unbelievably awful. Archie Bradley is not a big strikeout guy, Mm -hmm. but – he doesn't. He gave up only one home run last season. He gave up only five the year before. He's been durable. That's four consecutive seasons with at least seventy innings. God knows the Phillies need that. But he also could be a multi-inning guy. So I don't know. I I, I think the Phillies are at least trying to get guys who throw hard. Sam Coonrod throws hard. Alvarado throws hard. Um, I bet Bradley gets more saves than Nerys, but I get neither get twenty five.
1: And and I'm currently hitching my wagon to neris just because i think his top shelf skills are a little bit better than bradley's i think bradley's a really great guy for you to have to drop in seventh eighth or ninth of the matchup calls i just think naris that the best phillies team has him being the closer i don't really see alvarado being a factor at all it's it's almost like he's the new adam morgan he's going to be a lefty specialist and a very good one but the grounders weren't there from the great season two years ago i'm i just i don't see how he fits as a closer hopeful
0: um probably not it's probably Bradley. I think it's Bradley or Neros. But um, you know, if you're if if you're looking at drafting a closer, like there's a lot of situations that are really up in the air right now. And like somebody tweeted us about this. Like, if you're drafting today, like how many closers do you even draft right now? I want to find this guy on Twitter and so I can give him credit. But like, do we even have ten? Like, Raisel Iglesias has to be a top ten closer right now because we know he's a closer for a a, a manager who's going to do that. But James Karinchak, I don't know. Like how many obvious closers like Greg Holland's an obvious closer, but I don't want to draft him. Kenley Jansen is an obvious closer, but I don't want to draft him. Like how many closers do you even want to draft right now? That that's my concern with the situation.
1: Yeah. Want to draft? I would say it's probably fifteen or so. And a couple of those guys aren't firmly set as their team's respective closers. There are probably another 10 or so speculative options that I'm eager to get at this stage, but it's, it's a very bad time in the draft cycle to lean heavily into saves. I,
0: right. I, the guy who tweeted was Ben Hinckley. Um, Ben, I, I think this could make the case for what Tristan argues every year is that you'd spend that seventh round pick on Hader or on Hendricks on the Yankee closer, because you know that they're going to get a lot of saves. And this season, I don't know. I mean, the number one closer on the player radar this year could end up being Drew Pomeranz.
1: You know what's they, they, all, also not helping the position currently is that a lot of the guys we usually trust are still free agents, and we have no idea where they're landing. I mean, we know Brad Hand, Alex Colomay, Trevor Rosenthal—they're all going to end up in closer roles somewhere. Kirby Yates, you don't know that year. Brad
0: Hand could be the setup man for the Mets.
1: Fair, fair, but this—this this is my point. Because there's that possibility they end up behind a better closer. There's too much risk overall of a position. I mean, we're talking the ranking set has too many free agents in the high tiers.
0: You know, by Houston gave Pedro Baez a two-year deal, which makes me feel better about Ryan Presley. Now he has high job security. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's their top setup man now. And he can't close. Pedro and, Baez. And
1: Presley, when that's another guy, the top shelf skills are excellent. They are without oh, yeah. question top ten fantasy closer. It's just are they there?
0: Um, what else do we need to deal with here before we get to the questions? We dealt with the Yankees and Kluber. I don't care about the, the Cubs re-signing. or It was arbitration. Contreras, Chris Bryant, because they're both getting traded. Cubs are getting rid of everybody. So when when Bryant and Contreras end up on new teams, we'll discuss them. Um, How about Boston's Chris getting, What's that? Chris I, you know, the fact that Boston is saying in January they're going to be conservative with him means nothing to me. Already, or, weren't you projecting he wouldn't debut until June?
1: Yeah, I mean, they the surgery was March thirtieth. They said fourteen to fifteen months. That is a pretty conservative estimate for a pitcher coming off this, especially one who's as reliable as he's been for the most part. Yeah, I, I think we're looking at the mathematical midpoint of their schedule.
0: Which is, would you the, rather? So, so it depends on the type of league you're in on whether you want to draft Chris Sale this season. Because could you make the case, as I always do with Kershaw, that? Even if he's not making 30 starts, he's a borderline top 10 starting pitcher because you know the ERA, the whip, and the strikeouts would be there. Could you make the case with Chris Sale that he should be ranked among our top 20 for the same reason? He'll pitch 20, 22 starts, but they'll be really good.
1: A little bit, yeah. I, th- I think 22 is probably overestimating because if it's truly the mathematical midpoint, I think we're looking at 15. My – optimistic outlook is that Sale's going to be pretty close to his usual self in those 15 starts. I would say that they're going to lean a little closer to what he had between the injuries at the end of 2018 and 2019. That's still a potential top 10 starter on a per-start basis. Probably lean towards him belonging out of that, and then it becomes philosophical. How do you approach drafting a guy you know is only giving you that many starts? You have to have IL spots in your league and enough of them to stash him. Do you spend great tra- the draft capital on a guy like that? I, I these days, tend not to do that. I used to more often. I'm not even sure how to rank him for an ESPN league. There just, not, there just aren't enough IL spots. I probably wouldn't draft him at all. Not in our game.
0: In our game, I would agree. But in a normal mixed league, I think there's there's value in stashing. In a general sense, I try not to stash players who I know are missing the first month or two because that could turn into multiple months easily, especially with a you know, who knows if Boston's even trying to contend this season. They don't look like it right now. They still have no pitching. Yeah. No outfield.
1: I, I tend to take the lazy approach of I look at the public ADP for the player, and if you're gonna allow me a gift comparative to that, then I will take the guy. Anything outside of that I usually pass.
0: Fair enough. Let's pass now and move in, Kyle. We got trivia and uh, Twitter hash, hash browns and is it trivia? Uh,
1: yeah, trivia yeah, trivia yeah. that Eric won't know.
2: <laughs> I probably won't. <laughs> I probably won't. It's the off season, so this is a very gettable trivia question. So you might get it. So at the beginning of the 2019 season. Freddie Freeman leads all of baseball with 338 runs plus RBI. Who ranks second on that list with 319?
1: Plus RBI. I would have said Mookie if it was runs. <laughs> but
0: by, by the way, I wish there was a service out there, you know, Rotowire, Fangra, somebody that just had numbers since the start of 2019. Because I can't take what happened in 2020 all that seriously. So I want to see a longer time period. And giving me 200 games of the last two seasons combined would do that. I'm gonna help so, you. There. Huh? I'll help you there. If okay. you go to the
1: FanGraphs leaderboard pages, there. Is well, I know an you can do that through yes. the combined seasons.
0: I do that sometimes, and and I do baseball musings. They he 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 does that as well. It's just um, if it was just sitting at my fingertips, it would be a little bit easier. Because like I I don't care what Yelich did in that two month season. It doesn't matter to me whatsoever.
1: Bookmark it. It'll be at your fingertips. <laughs> Oh, that's the answer to this one.
0: question. Um got
1: to figure that one over, don't we?
0: Well, I mean, like, uh, Jose Abreu? Abreu's third with 311. Wow. Good guess, though. Yeah, I'm trying good. to think if somebody. Because what happened in 2020? Like, you have to look back at 2019. Almost doesn't matter, yeah. Because <laughs> that's, like, who, who knocked in a ton of runs? Like,
2: Devers? Um, Rendon? Devers. Devers is right. Rendon fourth. He second? just went through one, two, three, four. Devers is second. Freeman, Devers, Abreu, Rendon, Acuna, Betts, Trout. I, I just That's looked bad. at
1: Devers on my list and said, nah, that can't be him.
2: That's not him? Yeah. In uh, 2020, thing, he didn't do much. But in
0: 2019, didn't he have like 120 runs and on 120 RBI or something crazy like that?
1: He wasn't that bad in 2020 either.
0: He looked bad. No, and it's... <laughs> His stats were were not as bad as, but remember when you watched him play.
1: Yeah, I know, I know.
0: See, like some guys just—I don't want to put a label on anybody—but some guys just didn't care. It was a two-month season; they weren't going to the playoffs. Like he just didn't look the same to me, uh, you know. Like, yeah. like nobody on Boston should be judged by what happened.
1: There's some forgiveness That's- to. We've discussed that about the, the, the level.
0: forgiveness for for also ran teams, like, like not for the- like. I've I've
1: got a good related question for you. Yeah. I've decided I'm going to be forgiving almost entirely on the Cardinals season, that I don't know that I'm going to put invest anything in the results from the Cardinals.
0: Well, they're birds, so I guess Kyle should talk about that. What do you what do you mean? Why why the Cardinals?
1: I every every meaningful Cardinals player I've looked at had really adverse trends based solely on the abs- like the the period of time where they were shut down as a team when they had the overall outbreak. And then some of the other cases where individuals were on the COVID-19 list. I, I feel like there was never a stretch that's a large enough sample for fantasy analysis that we could draw conclusions off. I mean, Jack Flaherty obviously is the first name that comes to mind. There's no way you can evaluate anything from Flaherty's year.
0: Flaherty is the pitching version of Yelich. I don't care what happened last year.
1: And Flaherty's is more forgivable than Yelich's.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and Yelich, we don't even think had the virus. Flaherty did, right? Or I don't know. Who, who knows? I might have had it. Like I just, I we're pick. We're just guessing at all this stuff. Yep. We're just guessing in 2020. That's why I don't want to do it. Yeah. Go with skills. Yeah. All right, uh, hashtag hash browns. What do we got? Yeah,
2: we got Nick's first up. He wants to know. Well, how excited you are about Vlad Jr.'s reported weight loss? He knows it happens every year, but are you getting mapped for Vlad Jr. again?
1: The perennial I question.
2: Think, I think, and we
0: did this on a recent show, I think based on the fact that we all loved him in the minors, he hits baseballs hard, he hits too many on the ground, but he's also 21 years old. There is a, there's an MVP candidate lurking there, but it's awfully tough to make a case for the top 50. I don't care what he weighs. I can't draft him in the top fifty. Can you?
1: I I want to. I can't. I'm I. This optimism, th- the fact this question has been raised, is amping up the buzz again, and that is exactly the problem with drafting Vladimir Guerrero. It's it's a reason to be optimistic, but it's it should not be a driving force.
0: Right. I think we have him in like round seven or eight right now, and I think that's fair. He's got to prove it a little bit
2: at this point. Okay, that's fair. Juan wants to know how locked in do you think Karinchak is to the closer role? Can he be a tier two kind of guy? I think he can be a top ten closer right now. Mm-hmm.
0: And, and and I think we need to kind of view him that way because we know that Cleveland's not going to sign Brad Hand or anybody for a lot of money. The only concern I have here, the walks. And I was looking at um Dan Zaborski's zips numbers for a lot of players for a lot of reasons here as Tristan knows we're using uh, that for our sim leagues but Karinchak the walks were high on zips which means that he was projected to you know to lack command control mm-hmm. so i could see Karinchak being a monster strikeout guy like not 50% like Devin Williams was but like we're talking in 65 innings 100 strikeouts but if he walks thirty and his WHIP is one point three zero, that would concern me. Now it wasn't last year. In twenty seven innings, he had a million strikeouts, but the walk rate was high. He just didn't give any hits. Like he was unhittable. To me, that is unsustainable to some degree. He can't keep going with it. You know, a batting average against of one ninety.
1: Yeah, his skill set just screams wide range of outcomes. Great high velocity fastball curveball nothing else it's fine to lean on the two pitches but eric you pointed out 13 percent walk rate for his career in the majors so far and 27 <laughs> percent ground ball rate so you want to talk about exacerbating problems with ballparks the combination of walks and a, a heavy fly ball leaning that leads to blow ups and managers don't like it so that that concerns job security i love this guy but it's it he's almost like hater-esque
0: uh, right. And Cleveland has a guy in their bullpen who might be healthy now named Emmanuel Clace or Clause. Clase Clause. Who they got from Texas and then right away he was suspended for the season. Um, but for using a PED. I don't was he hurt too? Did he have a shoulder? I don't remember what the problem was. I think
1: he was originally injured, was gonna have a little bit of a delay, and then got the suspension to end his year.
0: But this was a minor league closer with monster numbers. And also, walk issues as well. Mm-hmm. Clause, a, we, we're just assuming Karinschak's the closer. This could be Clause. A.
1: Or it could be Nick Whitgren.
0: It can't be Nick Whitgren.
1: It could be. You never know. It could be that, that you know, important Borowski approach. Could oh, it? come on. Nick, don't give me You Nick are as much of a proponent of not having to use your best guy
0: to close games. Absolutely. But Nick Whitgren doesn't even sniff that. Come on.
1: I've seen the name mentioned. I am not saying I think that's got a great deal of likelihood. I'm just pointing out what has occasionally been said.
0: I mean, he was fine the last two seasons for Cleveland. Um home runs are a problem. 14 over the last 80 innings. That, that that's that's an issue. K rate is like, you know, 10 per 9, which is nothing special. That's my thing. Archie Bradley, if Archie Bradley was striking out 13 per 9, okay, that's different. He's barely in a, a guy strikeout per inning as a close as a relief pitcher.
1: I like the class A mention. I think it's a good thing we got his name in here.
0: I do too. I think everyone's assuming Corinchak and I have him ranked in my top 10, but I could be really wrong as soon as Klaus A strikes out the side in a spring training game in May. Wait, did I say May?
1: Karinczak's going to be <laughs> – I like how he snuck that in there. I, and I did hear that this time. I can't believe it. Uh, he has, has a, has a high-end uh, probability of being a top three fantasy closer. There is a low end where he's completely meaningless for us.
0: There's a low end where he's Jose LeClerc.
1: Actually, yeah, I like that. That's so maybe not completely meaningless, but it's it's a messy because you know, Anybody who
0: drafted Leclerc last two seasons knows that guy puts men yeah, on base.
1: Thanks for reminding me in my labor team two years ago.
2: All right, what's <sighs> the- Joe wants to know if there's any faces in new places that you're not interested in for 2021.
1: <laughs> not many new
0: places Checkpoint. so far. I'm trying to think who's even signed or been traded. Like, I'm not interested in Joe Lucchese. Oh, Lucchese, I'm not interested in him. Um, but, I mean, we got to see more players end up on teams. I mean, what, what was the last thing I saw? 80% of the free agents still are out there. You know, and a lot of them aren't going to sign. Yeah. Or they're going to have to sign, like, minor league deals. I am concerned. Not, not Real Muto, of course. But, and, and look, I want, people have been asking me, what do I. Of course, I want Real Muto back on the Phillies. But at five years and 110 million, I don't know. That's a 30 year old catcher, man. Like, part of me says, and I didn't want James McCann at four years and 40 either. Part of me says, sign a Torinos type for one year and find a catcher somewhere else rather than giving Real Muto five years and 110 million. It's a lot of, not my money, but that is a commitment. And catchers do not age well. They just don't age well, offensively or defensively. And even if there's a DH, you want to use him there? No. Reese Hoskins is built for DH. Can't field at first. Can't field anywhere. So I do want Real Muto back. But, man, part of me is like, all right, Toronto, just give him whatever. Give him $130 million so that would price us out of the market. That way I wouldn't feel bad about it because that's a ridiculous amount of money. And then I'd feel better. But then we wouldn't have a catcher. I don't even know what catchers are still out there. We can't even get Kurt Suzuki anymore.
1: Kurt Suzuki, by the way, a little underrated for fantasy, I'd say.
0: Definitely. I'm
1: looking, I'm looking through the um through the list of offseason things, and and actually a lot of the fits are kind of decent. Uh based on what I perceive right now, I'm probably out on David Dahl. I'm probably out on Carlos Santana.
0: Okay. All right. I can deal with those. Name, yeah. I'm in on CJ Chatham, the new Phillies shortstop. <laughs>
1: Yeah, there you go. All
2: right. What? Uh, what else? All right. Two more quick questions here. John wants to know if you're adding any extra IL spots to your leagues this season, given the contact tracing ability to sit people out for a week. I do wish that
0: the that our site would expand the benches. I would I would expand bench, not IL. But um, okay, I have a league. I have a league that just expanded, like, that for basketball, just expanded its bench by, like, two spots. I think that's okay. Yeah, it's the same thing for hoops. It's tough. Yeah. It's tough. And, and the same happened in football, and I would do that for baseball. We, we did that in baseball in that league as well. We added, like, two spots, and that was it. Um, I, I think, you know, like, you, you have to make decisions sometime. Yeah. You know, and, and if, like, a baseball team is out for a whole week because of contact tracing, like, we're seeing in the end be ridiculous. When's, when's the last time the Washington Wizards played? This is ridiculous trying to play through this, you know, it's just not working all that well. Villanova hasn't played this year. <laughs> this calendar year. Um, but um yeah, I would just add a couple bench spots, not IL spots, because that that's discretionary to some degree. Tristan's shaking his head.
1: I'm I'm digesting it. It's I you know, and I'll be the big hater here, but I I had one of my fantasy teams last year, an NL-only team. That was i think i mentioned on the last show effect it was mathematically eliminated by the about the 10th to two week point of the season just because of the outbreaks and that kind of stinks and if you look at the likelihood that five players on each team really shouldn't be thrown out there to free agency you need to have a safety net for teams that if if this happens again and if this is the same climate in, in baseball for 2021 we don't want that happening it just diminishes the enjoyment i can tell you i i Did not enjoy in the slightest that particular league. So what do you do? I I say, if your league can support it, and this needs to be custom with a commissioner controlling it, I think you need to allow unlimited COVID-19 injured spots and keep all the rest the same. I'm okay with that. And that also includes, as I do in my keeper league as the commissioner, players who are not placed on that list. If there is a team-wide outbreak where they have a postponement, the team is eligible for those spots. Okay. And you could do it in our game. I mean, you can you can put in unlimited IL and yes. have commissioner manage those and mandate who goes on.
2: Yes, you can. League manager. <laughs> Way to go! You have to now. You have, to. of course, you do. That's. Last question comes from David. He specifically for Tristan. He wants <laughs> to know what the best season of The Simpsons is. <laughs>
1: it's clearly one of the ones between three and seven. I could make the case that nine was great. And I thought about this question. I, I, I am partial to season seven, which I think is a little more underrated. Of these, I think most would lean to five, but they both had great episodes. And I mean, season seven had the, you know, Lisa, the vegetarian was one of them. I saw in there. Uh, I really like radioactive man, King size Homer, the season five. I'll, I'll pick season five as my favorite that had Treehouse of horror four. That was a great one. um, a few other really, really solid ones. I don't know. Tough one. Deep Space Homer. Too quotable.
0: <laughs> there were a couple other tweets here. Bill Knight wanted to know, will there be more turkey legs consumed by Tristan or hammocks present in Eric's household by the end of the season? I do not plan on adding any more hammocks this year. I want to go outside. I'm even going outside and taking a run as soon as this show is over. It's 40 degrees. I don't care as long as I can tie my hair up. But how many turkey legs per year would you say you actually consume, Tristan?
1: Pre-pandemic, probably four, maybe five. The problem I have now is I have to make them myself. I don't – I'm pretty sure I didn't have a single one in 2020. They're, they're tough you to went, make on your own at high quality.
0: You went with nary a turkey leg in 2020. Oh, no.
1: Well, the Thanksgiving turkey, of course.
0: Here, oh, of course.
1: <laughs> the, here's the problem in my house. If I make turkey legs, my daughter will get to them first.
0: Really? Yep. Didn't see that coming. Okay. Yep.
1: She is a huge fan of the turkey legs, chicken legs, any of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, who who wouldn't be? Sean Rosales, our buddy in Bristol, asked, how many Padres should you realistically draft or buy this year? How many is too many? And I think I replied with, if you're drafting Randy Jones and that's too many. Or, or no, it was uh, Jake Peavy.
1: <laughs> Jake Peavy, yes. <laughs>
0: or Gary Templeton. Well, <laughs> but, I, I mean, it, it brings up a point, and you know, there's no clock on this show. Like, if you end up leaving your draft with like 10 Padres – you know, like four hitters, two starter, you know, like, and then they have a breakout. Yeah. That's a problem. This is the year not to do that. Actually, I just thought of that.
1: Well, that's exactly it. It's that you have to spread your risk this year. I, I, and I don't enjoy that feeling because I like the idea of stacking teams. I just don't think you can do it. My <laughs> example of being a great one of that, why you shouldn't.
0: Right. Remember that year that Cleveland, Seattle didn't play in the snow in cleveland for a week and if you were in a head to head that week weekly head to head you didn't get anything from those players fairness, didn't play.
1: that was 162 in the traditional 26 27 weeks so you could you know make it up right. like but, bad,
0: but but the also and you you voiced this to me as a problem when we were having a phone call recently um if they, if they skip a week for the cardinals in may and then they make them play double headers in june those are seven inning double headers instead of nine inning You're losing innings. You're losing at-bats and innings and everything. So, like, especially this season, you do not like the seven-inning doubleheader rule. Explain why. Is that the reason?
1: I hate it. I think it's bad for planning. I also think it's bad from the baseball perspective, just from the fans' aspect, is that, how are you handling them? Are there any more split day-night doubleheaders? Do you charge fans full price for a seven-inning versus nine-inning? I I think there's a lot of questions that need to be answered. But for us, fantasy-wise, you raised uh, those great points. The other is the workload. If you've got closers on those teams or starting pitchers within that week they have to have their normal rest so that means a yes. game that's cost that they couldn't have pitched and in the over you know over the entire course of 162 it's going to have an impact it's going to chip away just a little bit
0: and on catchers real muto is not starting both games in the doubleheader, so and no few catchers are ever so more doubleheaders means like older players and catchers are going to sit more Mm-hmm. which is a problem. Um, Alex Anillion wrote, uh, would you consider Ramon Laureano a post tight sleeper? Yes, I do. I love him.
1: Yeah, I've, I've, he's one I haven't done the deep dive on yet, but the quick look said I, I like him, and I like about where he's going in the drafts too, the early drafts.
0: Richard Zeno, which starting pitchers will will age, will suddenly catch up to them? Verlander, Granky Darvish. We're not seeing Verlander this year, so his age is not catching up to him. He's done. But, like, Granky to me, could do this for three more years. Darvish is not too old. What is he? He's not even 35 yet, right?
1: Dar- Darvish, I think, has got another year. I think I'd, I just worry about whether durability comes up. Yeah, And I remember I told you how old he was, and you were shocked. It doesn't feel like that. What, Greinke, um I'm increasingly hesitant on Greinke.
0: What, what concerns you about Granky? Because th- that's a guy who doesn't throw hard to start with. And I just think he knows how to I hate using this because it's an awful cliche that the idiots on TV use he knows how to pitch, but he kinda just does. Like he just gets out.
1: There comes a point where that does come back to get you and you you say he doesn't throw hard. Okay, but he averaged ninety two point four miles per hour in twenty fifteen and it was eighty seven nine last year. That's a pretty steep decline.
0: Why do you still rank him well then?
1: Well I thought about ranking a, him down he's going to go backwards a little bit in my update this week. I'm doing a thorough update for this as we try to get rankings crystallized. As I said, I, I, I can't see him having a chance at a top 20 season. I think if he does it, it's going to be sheerly on volume getting by on guile and being like 18th or 19th. And I think that there's a, a downside where he's, where he struggles to stay in the top 60. That's what, and I don't think it's very likely that's going to happen. I'm just saying that. I think that that's, that is present and it wasn't, a couple years ago
0: so this could be the right-handed madison bumgarner soon because he'll he'll be he'll be durable he'll give you some numbers but bumgarner just fell apart his final year with the giants home road and then last year was terrible with arizona you're saying granky could be the right-handed version of that in that when that era goes up to 420 you're not going to want him.
1: yeah at casual glance i really like that comp I'd have to look at exactly the age metrics and stuff, but I looked at Greinke's metrics uh, over this past week closely, and everything is trending down in a natural aging curve. And, and, I mean, we mentioned John Lester on the show. His stuff is trending downward on a natural curve, and at some point it falls beneath the level of elite fantasy production.
0: By the way, NFL survivor Kyle tweeted out, I didn't even get get to this earlier, Mackenzie Gore. The Musgrove signing is another reason why Gore doesn't debut anytime soon. What if Mackenzie Gore spends the entire year in the minors again?
1: It's possible. But then again, we mentioned there are paths to getting him in there.
0: There are, but they seem to be avoiding the paths. <laughs> like I try, most, I the ma- but. most major league teams, if they had a McKenzie Gore, Philadelphia, okay, which is a poor example because they're poorly run. Spencer Howard's in the rotation. No more minor league time for him. That arm's going to drop at some point. They're not wasting any more time. Spencer Howard is in there as the four or five. Why wouldn't San Diego just say, "Mackenzie Gore, you're in our rotation." They, they've done everything they can to add players so that he's not.
1: Mm-hmm. I I like it from a pitching development standpoint, and that I, I hope they take like the Roy Oswald approach, where he's on the team as a multi inning relief pitcher to get used to the major leagues, and then goes into the rotation when he's needed. I'd rather have him being used as a depth guy who fills in when he's required, as opposed to being the one they rely heavily on to lead them. It's kind of you know And the Rays do this, by the way. They ease guys in that way. The difference is the Rays just don't have the starting pitching depth. They just throw relief pitchers and openers and the like. And the Padres now they have five guys that they could trust ahead of Gore. I think he's going to get his starts. I just I think you got to be projecting, you know, a dozen ish.
0: All right, so we're at almost an hour here. We need to add another hour. The Tigers have signed Erasmo Ramirez to a minor league contract, Tristan. Tell me all you know about Erasmo Ramirez, please. I
1: know that's that, why he wins leagues. I know that there that that's another guy who messes with my as You and I've been talking about because there's multiples of them. This guy had a, a decent portion of a year, I think, three years ago, and that's it.
0: <laughs> and that's why Tristan's the best in the business. He's already won his 2021 leagues before 2021 even begins. <laughs> All right, mm-hmm. I don't know what our next show is going to be. It could be tomorrow. I mean, it could be two weeks. We might wait until the – so your Super Bowl prediction. There's four teams left because we may not do a show now until like the day after the Super Bowl, depending on who signs, what trades, anything like that. Or well, we might do one tomorrow. But give me your uh, Super Bowl winner.
1: Uh, I'll go Packers over Bills.
0: I will go Chiefs repeat over Packers. I Chiefs. Chief, Chiefs
1: the Chiefs thing is very up in the air. You're going with Chad Henne?
0: I look. I don't. I don't mean to be skeptical or pessimistic or anything like that. Yeah. But there is no way that Patrick Mahomes is not playing on Sunday. I I, I, I feel the same. Even if he's falling down in the pregame. Yeah. Okay. He he's passing whatever test to play in that game against Buffalo on Sunday night. Come on.
1: I I I I feel similarly to you on that. I I do think he's going to play. I just. (laughs)
0: I mean, come on. I think dude. we
1: would. I think I'll put it this way. If the concussion is se- severe enough, I think we're going to know by tomorrow that he's out for the week.
0: I just can't see it. You know, I know. Obviously, they want to protect safety and they should, but money talks. That's why they're playing these games. If you're locking and, uh, me in with that, I'll get on board with you that that's what's going
1: to happen in the Super Bowl.
0: And I like Andy Reid. He coached in Philly, he did nothing wrong until the last year where he wanted out, just like Doug Peterson just wanted out and he got out. He escaped. <laughs> Goodbye. We're done for today. Thank you so much for listening to our little show, Fantasy Focus Baseball. We'll have another one soon, tomorrow, two weeks. I don't know. Check us out on Twitter where Kyle, uh, Kyle Sapi, our awesome producer and researcher, he uh, tweets out uh, getting uh, hash browns. Tristan, you're awesome. Talk to you soon. I'm Eric Carabill. Have an awesome week.